David. Wow. Wow. It's just simply a wow. Well, there's nothing else to say but wow. It's a new world. It is a new world, as Gwyneth Paltrow so memorably told us in Shakespeare in Love. Uh, folks, homophilia is a part of the World of Wonder podcast network. What an honor. And uh, what a thrill to have our names in the paper. That sexy oh deadline God. article. We were in the trades, Matt. Yes, nothing. We were in fills, the trades. Nothing fills that 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 hole in your soul, that void, like getting your name uh, in deadline. I'm telling you, and it was the best case scenario because it's like it's a podcast story, and the typical deadline commenter doesn't really care about a podcast story. I don't know if you've ever read the comments section on a deadline article, but it's it's like agents Horror. assistants who th- still think saying meh is a funny thing yeah, yeah, to do. Yeah. Luckily, um, we but they, so far, they left us alone. We've avoided that. Uh, yeah, it's like, uh, my dad might not love me, but this makes up for all of that. And then some. Oh, it fills, it fills the dad size hole in any heart. Um, we are so excited to be a part of the World of Wonder Network. They are, you know, uh, as you know, they do RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, and that whole world of shows. They do the Wow Report on, uh, on Sirius XM. They are full of enthusiastic, uh, brilliant people who want to put on a show. And uh, and as live entertainment becomes a part of our experience again, they, uh, they do it well. There's an event space that's about to open. There's just a lot of fun stuff in our future, and we're so excited about it. Yeah, I could not be more honored. I do feel like, not to give myself credit for this, but that in a way I manifested this. Because if you go back and listen to uh, old yes. episodes of our show, I do say, mm-hmm. wow just reflexively, just constantly, and in a negative mm-hmm. way, in a positive way, it really just speaks to, like, my limited vocabulary, but I'd like it's to a Ramona think, yes, moment. that the universe yeah. was listening and, and brought yep. us home, you know? The secret works in mysterious ways, is the message. Um, we're so excited. Uh, Randy Barbato, Fenton Bailey uh, of World of Wonder. We thank you, Stephen Sims, Ruby Cantu, Kelly Dirk. Um, we're, we're just, we're super thrilled. We should also acknowledge um, we had uh, a tremendous couple of years at Earwolf. Uh, we were there at a super exciting time for that podcast company. Um, had Colin Anderson not set us up on a, on a blind date coffee that's right we would not be here so thank you colin anderson chris bannon our wonderful producers dana kimmy the indispensable uh renee colvert we hope our paths cross again someday soon big time and speaking of renee by the way everyone please uh do yourselves a favor and listen to her podcast my pandemic makeover spectacular uh it is it's so good just so good so funny so heartfelt so renee so very Renee and so good, so topical, so timely, um, particularly now because, Matt, I don't know if I told you, but I'm leaving from here downtown to get shot number one. I'm so excited. Uh, do you know if you're – Moderna City. Moderna. Okay, great. Moderna. And is Ben getting one too or how are we – He is not. Okay. He is not. He would have to lie. Um, which he is not going to do. Um, I am apparently just chronically ill enough uh, in L.A. County to uh, qualify for the shot. Um, so my doctor was like, go get it. I'm healthy. I just, you know, I'm type 1 diabetic, and that's within L.A. County. No, uh, I've oh, been just urging got the, you to go get it anyway. Hold on. 
Uh, it, it literally, a push notification just came through that all adults in L.A. County will uh, get a vaccine or will be eligible for a vaccine on April 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's all California adults April 15th, 50 and older April 1st. Wow. So I'm jumping the line by a week. There's another wow. There's another wow factor. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited. The new world can begin. And um, what, what a better way to, to begin than with... Uh, the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race UK season two. Come on. Come on. The one, the only Lawrence Cheney, you know, stole everyone's hearts from the jump. And I, I, yeah. I guess if you're not watching UK, this is a spoiler, but I, I can't imagine that you are a homophilia listener and you're, that you're not watching. If you're not, do yourself a favor, get the wow yeah. presents plus app. Uh, Mm -hmm. Hit pause. We'll see you in eight hours. Just devour the entire season. You'll be glad you did. It's it's fantastic. It's such a standout. Yes, a dream come true. And by the way, when you get the app, this is not an ad, and they did not ask us to say this, but it's just worth mentioning. You'll get the Trixie and Katya show, which is hilarious. Uh, You'll get all of the other international seasons, Thailand, Canada, on and on. Um, It is... Very much worth it. Say goodbye to the rest of your uh, pandemic because you're, yeah. you're, you're you're booked. You are booked. Uh, folks, we bring you the one and only Lawrence Cheney. I feel like this is a job interview. Do you think I'll get the job? It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> And you're in a bathrobe, and that's that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> that's the kind of job interview that I love. Lawrence Cheney! I know. Can you believe it? I am here, and I'm queer. Oh, and we're used to it. <laughs> we're so happy to have you. Congratulations! Thank you so much. I, I cannot believe it. It's like a dream come true. You know, you audition for the show, and all you want to do is win. So that's why you audition for the show. So... I'm just mind blown that not only did I get on the show, but I cannot believe I won. Can you believe it? I can believe it. <laughs> oh, stop you it. jumped right stop out of the screen at me <laughs> right away. Yeah, I said, I like this Lawrence Chain. Yeah, I jumped out the screen, slapped you and said, oh, I'm the Scottish one. Listen to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh. What a great season. Well, it's been amazing. And I think I was really worried. In fact, all the girls were really worried because obviously coronavirus happened. So see in episode four, when we got told, right, you're going home, we all thought it was like World War Z, zombies, uh, uh, you know, the worst possible thing. But luckily we made it back. We're on the upturn now. Here's hoping, here's praying, touch wood. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> somewhere. Um, but yeah, no. So uh, it's it's just a dream come true to to be drag queens and working during all this is is a blessing. Yeah, yeah. because we got a real a sense of what it was like to be a working or or in this case a non working drag queen when we you know when you all talked about your downtime during the break yeah. and you were very open about you know being like home alone with your roommate who also does drag and you're both struggling. And I I just love to hear like how your homecoming has stacked up versus that homecoming after your win. Do you know, I think it was really bizarre because initially both were very similar, 
both were really similar in the sense of um, you come home, it's that kind of you've adrenaline rush, adrenaline rush. It's been the best possible thing. You've met RuPaul. How amazing is that? And then you're back in your flat, you know, four walls, and it's, you know, same old home. You know, you're not in a mansion, it's not, it's not that. Um, so, so it was very much kind of the same to begin with, but because, you know, when we finished production the last time, the, the, the end of the series, we had to move so quickly to, you know, release the Queen, you know, when they announced us and everything. That was so quick. I think we had, like, two weeks or something, so... I'd barely just caught up on my sleep, you know, and then we were like, right, well, I'm thrust into the world. Here we are. Um, so it was it was very uh, bizarre, but definitely a better uh, kind of upturn than, than previously. Because I had to sign on, you know, in the UK, you know, luckily, you know, I, I you can sign up in the government page, uh, this and that, whatever. And I was so lucky for that because, like, how was how were you meant to make money during this? Especially yeah. like you know, I didn't have t-shirts and mugs or anything people could buy. So I was All like, the merch. please help. <laughs> you know, it was very that. Yeah. This cast this season was I. So I grew up in like the eighties and nineties, reading like the British chart magazines yes. right reading your reading your smash hits and your you know enemy and all that stuff and and those colorful characters are not really in pop music anymore yes they're all know? on drag race and they're all on drag race lawrence <laughs> yes I, I as each new person came out i was like this is what i have been missing this is yeah. what i love it, it is it was just an, an incredible cast i truly fell in love with everyone well so many not times everyone, but almost everyone <laughs> but but See what you hit on there. So many times we see, you know, a cast of Drag Race, the, the earlier seasons, and you go, they're going to do well. They're going to go home first. They're going to... Yeah. This season, I don't think you could tell. You, you know, I was no. living in anxiety every week. So who knew? I, I thought I was going home every week. So, for, for yeah. you know, for all of us, it was like, well, Joe Black's amazing. Oh, Joe Black's got this in the bag goes home so it just blew our minds like and that's that's really the best thing about the season is it's you know people at the top of their game doing what they love best yeah it so, came through yeah we want to get into some you know very prying and uh personal questions about you but <laughs> before we do we, we have to ask the stuff about the show that i know everyone is asking you but one thing i'm always curious about is the 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 stuff that we don't see on camera the the sort of minutia and downtime and day to day of like of when you're shooting what does it look like when you're not shooting when you're back at the hotel or wherever you're staying what are you doing with that downtime well do you know the whole workroom's actually just green screen and then off camera it's just a green wall no um, no the, the <laughs> truth of it is I, I don't know, I always found myself getting a headache because of how bright the, the studio was yeah. and how bright the walls were of, of the studio. So I just remember constantly, you know, it was, you know, if you were in drag, the, the physical agony of you, you've got sore feet, tights are annoying and the heat and all, all that kind of stuff, all the, the kind of trials and tribulations of the drag side. But then even when you're writing jokes, how do you write jokes when you've got a sore head? learning how to dance, 
you know, spraining your ankle, all that stuff. And and the genuine truth is, you know, when when you're doing drag race, it is a race. Like I, yeah. I I I've not even ran before anywhere. You know, even if they said we're having a sale of chicken at McDonald's, Lawrence, <laughs> go now. I, I'd still be like, see you in half an hour. I'll see you in half an hour. I don't I don't care. You know. But it, it genuinely is such a, a, a speedy process because you've got like so much to do and so little time to do it in that the, the best thing about the down, downtime is there's no fancy, you know, luxury dinners or whatever. You, you know, you eat, you, you do the show, you do the bits of the challenge you need to do and then you get my favourite part of any day, sleep. Just yeah. absolute release from any stress, you know? Yeah. Here's a process question that I have always wondered. And okay. I feel like you will tell me the truth. <laughs> the the interviews when you are out of drag, yeah. do you do them all at once? Do you do they just have that outfit like behind glass and you go in once a week? <laughs> How does it work? Do you know everyone thinks cause everyone thinks you do the it do it all in one day. And that's yeah. why everyone said to me, Lawrence, why are your hair and eyebrows changing every single time you're in an interview? And I was like, well, and this is the truth. So you do them at the beginning of every morning. So every morning uh-huh. you wake up uh, and before you get um, ready to go into the workroom, you, ju- you just get in your interview outfit. And it's to catch your kind of raw emotions. If you're missing your mum you know, you can really have your wee moment and, and just have a cry, you, you know, or, or mm. if you're angry at someone, you can go, listen, I'm annoyed at them because they messed me around in the rehearsal or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then obviously at the end, they kind of get the, I'm Lawrence Cheney and I'm a comedy queen. They get all the kind of uh, bigger details about, you know, what was school like and the, the kind of generic back story stuff they get all that at the end because i suppose they've got uh-huh. more time at the end so they can go right lawrence go ham talk you uh-huh. know? Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. got we've got three hours talk <laughs> speaking of your hair i have to uh, to comment is this a buzz cut that i'm seeing i can't tell fully no, under no, the, no, I've, I've the got, because what, what you're seeing right now is my hair is in a wig cap because okay. i was just wearing a wig but my, my hair is very much hold on let me let me whap it out. It is very greasy, but see, my roots have grown back in and I've no longer got grey, greeny hair. I've got natural brown hair and it's still very long, uh, oh, but it's just I not see. Oh, it was an optical illusion that it looked it was a, all, yes, all pushed down. It was an optical delusion. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks great. I'm really feeling this. Natural brown. Yeah. I should do it more often, right? Slick it down. You should. Yeah. Yeah. It's very handsome. Yeah. Oh, well, thank um, you. So, also, they they do film four different endings, correct? Three different. So, in our case, three, it's different, three endings. different endings. So, you do the final lip sync, and then it's anyone's game. They've recorded as many thingies as they want, and they can just choose whichever one they want to air. Okay. And you find out which one they've chosen the same time that we all do. I, we found or, out later than everyone watching did because we, we were lucky enough to get to, to go to a private screening of it and, you know, they record you watching it and, ah, ha, 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 oh, shade, all the, the, the kind of reactions. Uh-huh. And um, 
because of like camera, oh, this is out of focus, we'd had to go back a few times just to, right, hold on, right, pause, and then fix the focus of the camera, whatever. So we had to hand our phones in, not look at our phones. And I think we started watching half an hour after the episode was out. So people probably had skipped to the end and seen who'd won me. And and they were texting me like, hello, Lawrence, how are you? And I just wasn't able to see it, but... Oh, I see. Okay. Wow. How frustrating. Stressful. Yeah. It is just so fascinating that those reactions, that there, there is like a great deal of acting involved. And how did your, your real reaction when, you know, when it actually happened uh, compared you know, to the one that we saw? <laughs> Do you know, Rue actually mentioned this when, when she says, you know, and the winner is, and you've probably read it on Reddit, that we do uh, different endings for each of you. So we're just going to go down the line. Like, she, she was mm-hmm, so cool. Mm-hmm. And she just, you know, did it down the line. And she, she made a great point. And she said, don't think of this as all acting, whatever. One of these is real. Like, one of you is going to win. So this this is a real reaction. And I was like, yeah, so it is. So it is. So, you know, in the moment, I just remember being relieved because it was like, oh, the physical pain, the heels, the dance number that we'd just done. All that was kind of over. Okay. Oh, amazing. One my favourite show. Amazing. And then you kind of don't think about it because they do the others and you're just like... <laughs> <laughs> You're just chilling, and yeah, then, yeah. Um, then you know when I watched it, I I thought Bimini was going to win because I I love Bimini. Me and her get on so so well, and I, I don't know. I, I I really respect her like viewpoint on drag, and um, I I don't know. I I just thought you know she she had a bigger following and she had a better track record. So I was like it's Bimini, and you know that way where. I wasn't bitter and I was really proud I wasn't bitter because I I was just like, if I don't get the job, I'm happy a best friend of mine will. You know, I can be a a happy friend rather than like an excited drag queen if I win. You know, so I, I was happy at that. But I mean, when I saw that I'd won, my mind was blown. I couldn't believe it. So I, I just assumed that RuPaul would have said Bimini. So I just started clapping and, <laughs> what? And then just my <laughs> mind was blown. Um, and it still hasn't sunk in. Like, I, I'm just thinking of what's next. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sending all the emails for stuff that I'm going to do in a year's time. So I, I'm trying to not get too, you know, I'm trying to not... Um, fantasize too much about it or romanticize it too much so now so what is next there are many things that are next but one of the things that is next is a uh, a show on world of wonder presents yeah. plus what's what's it all about where, where does it stand well how can we help <laughs> how can we help thank you uh this is Lawrence cheney's ted talk no um <laughs> imagine no um I, I genuinely don't know um I have so many ideas and that's a great thing but it's also a bad thing when you're trying to come up with one idea stick with it go with it 
Trust mm-hmm. your guns, go for it. So I, I, I have the ability to be really silly and funny and slapstick, but I also really like the side of me where I'm funny, but I can also talk to people about real issues and real things. So it kind of... I don't know kind of what side to go for. You know, will the American audience appreciate this or that? Like, you know, so it's very much... Um, I mean, I'll probably tell all my ideas to some business person and they'll say, Lawrence, these are all terrible ideas. <laughs> Drop them now. But um, in my head, I, I mean, I had an idea of like... It was like a game show, but in uh, like in, in America. But again, it all depends... COVID, what's going to happen with that? But I just think a drag queen hosting a game show, that is a laugh. That is a given. Yeah. Yes. And a drag queen, uh, Hollywood Squares, very COVID friendly. You can wall everybody off just yeah. like they do on the, the judges' table. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just nice and secure. Yeah. So Love it. Let's talk about your friendship with Ellie Diamond. Yeah. Uh, you, you, there's this very special connection with you where she's sort of your Scottish little sister. And then, of course, you hit this big bump in the road with the, the stand-up challenge. Yeah. Um, are you – Are you? I'm assuming you're in a good place with Ellie now. Oh, yeah. yeah. L- literally, um, I, I think what shocked me the most about everyone else's perception of that was, you know – did I need to argue with Ellie over a stand-up order? Probably not. <laughs> but it, it was that way where I just... I, I've got a thing about loyal friendships and stuff. And sadly, that can have a better side on your mental health than it should. So I think I was just like... oh. Okay, I don't know taste that well, so taste might try and mess me up. Oh, well, I don't know Bimini too well... She might try and mess me up. Ahora, don't know her too well. She might try and mess me up. Do you know who's never going to mess me up? Oh, Ellie Diamond. She knows I'm funny. She'll she'll know that, you know, she'll want me to do good, I'm sure, you know. And, and then when she didn't, I was just, like, confused, you know. And I, I sadly have one of those faces that I know doesn't hide anything so i was just like <laughs> all the makeup in the world yeah, would not hide your no, reaction no concealer no anything could conceal mm-hmm. that so I, I just remember i think it's a very scottish thing we're, we're just quite upfront with our emotions you know so that, that happens if if tourists are in the city you go all right how's it going and it's very welcoming that kind of atmosphere but also if you've got a problem with someone you know i i kind of have always found it works best to go Listen, I've got a problem with you. What's the problem? Right, well, this is the problem. Why are you doing that? Huh? What's going on? And then within that space of an hour, you you can talk it out and then you're back friends again. Look at um, relationships and in, in dating. Make up sex. Make up sex the best sex you can have because you've had an argument but now it's fixed, it's resolved, so it's better. There's something about that kind of bond. You, you know, it's kind of like a we fought for this friendship. Let, let's, you know, let's make the most of it. Not that me and Ellie Diamond have had makeup sex, but it's that kind of comparison I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the friend version. Yes, of makeup the friend sex. version of that. Just a good hang. Yeah. Awesome. But you know what? Ahura would have would have biffed no matter where you put her. Yeah. Let's be honest with ourselves. But that's the thing that I, I felt. Ahura said it herself. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I felt bad uh, for her. Be- because, I don't know, I, I think... I think everyone should be given a wee pat on the back because it is coronavirus and they are doing stuff that's outside their comfort zone. But yes, Ahora, it was like the cards were stacked against her. Same with taste, talking about like beans on toast and stuff. I was like, oh, babes, babes, this (laughs) this is, you're making me hungry. You're not making me laugh, you're making me hungry. Stand up is such a specific thing too to just expect everyone to like turn be great it on, at it. yeah, in front of yeah. an audience that's not an audience as well. It was like inanimate yeah. objects, terrifying. <laughs> yeah, had you ever had you ever tried it, either in or out of drag? Tried inanimate object? <laughs> no, tried stand up comedy. <laughs> yes, I, I, I had done it before uh, once. I, I do a lot of hosting. Uh-huh. It, sure. In my kind of act, so it's working with a mic, all that stuff. But you, you, when you're hosting, you're there, you've got a job, you're introducing so-and-so, and you'll be introducing so-and-so. So even if a joke bombs, it doesn't matter because it's, you're there for a reason. When you're doing stand-up, your reason is to make them laugh. So if a joke bombs, struggle. So I'd done stand-up yeah. once before, and it was in the straightest club you could imagine. It was in Glasgow... I remember I made some joke about like my taint or something, <laughs> like you uh-huh. know something about my my sweaty taint or my arse or something, and people were like, "What is going on here? This is diabolical!" And I just remember being like, "What do these other comedians talk about then?" And then I watched the rest of the show and they were like, so me and my girlfriend, we were talking and then we had a pizza and we argued over the last pizza slice. She said, no, you take... Like, it was all that stuff. Were you in a Chuck E. Cheese? L- literally. Literally, that's where I was. I don't know if you and have again, Chuck E. Cheese. And again, it just made me hungry. Dave... Yes. If you're having trouble meeting your goals, mm-hmm. uh, difficulty in relationships, interesting. Uh, trouble sleeping, maybe. Uh, feeling stressed, feeling depressed, mm-hmm. uh, maybe all of the above, uh, yep. which is the case for so many of us, BetterHelp is available. BetterHelp offers secure online professional counselors who can listen and help. We are on record many, many times over saying that everybody can benefit from therapy. It just doesn't matter. You think you're healthy? Great. You can always be a little bit better, especially at a time like this. It is important to get your feelings out uh, to somebody who is listening actively and can help. Therapy is super, super, super important. And with BetterHelp, it is simple. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs. BetterHelp will match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Then you start communicating in under 48 hours. You log into your account anytime, send unlimited messages to your counselor. You can do video, you can do phone sessions. Everything you share is confidential. Yes, because even though we have very therapeutic and healing conversations every week Mm -hmm. on this show, Mm -hmm. I hate to break it to you, Dave Holmes and I are not licensed therapists. We are not. the counselors at BetterHelp are. It's easy and it's free to change counselors if needed. 
Uh, it's a more affordable option than traditional offline counseling. Financial aid's available. So many people have been using BetterHelp. They're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And Homophilia is sponsored by BetterHelp. So our listeners get 10% off their first month of online therapy when they visit BetterHelp.com slash homo. So do it. Visit BetterHelp.com slash H-O-M-O. Join the over 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced BetterHelp professional. Do it. Well, Matt, after taking a brief hiatus from outdoor activities and workout routines, it is time to get back to the grind with new spring essentials from Mack Weldon. They got body mapping technology. They have fabric mesh zones, Matt. Mack Weldon's stealth boxer briefs deliver enhanced breathability and support. And for sweatpants you can wear outside without feeling like you're wearing sweatpants, check out Mack Weldon's new waistline. I'm just realizing we should have called this podcast fabric mesh zones instead of homophilia. It's never too late. That's how much we love all things uh, Mac Weldon. <clears throat> Dave Holmes famously in an inappropriate relationship with his ace sweatpants, as we mm-hmm. all know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's everything from socks to shirts to hoodies to underwear, polos, active shorts. The underwear that I'm wearing right now, uh, Mac Weldon promises comfort and a consistent fit from working out to going out to going to work, going on a date. It's for everyday life. And... With Weldon Blue, Mac Weldon's totally free loyalty program, you will get free shipping for life. Life, mm-hmm. life, life. Mac Weldon wants you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep them. They will refund you. They will not ask you one single question about it. None. For 20% None. off your first order, go to MacWeldon.com slash homophilia and enter promo code homophilia. MacWeldon.com slash homophilia, promo code homophilia for 20% off. MacWeldon, babies. Reinventing men's basics. You know, so what has been culturally your your covid comfort food what have you like tv movie music wise what have you what have you clung to for comfort during this difficult moment (laughs) moment that's a long moment (laughs) long long Um, moment do you know what's gotten me through it now it may sound stupid it may be everyone's answer i hope it's everyone's answer but lady gaga's chromatica album got me through lockdown i I loved the, the kind of uh how happy it sounded. And then you read the lyrics, you read the meaning behind the songs, and you're like, whoa, this is deep. And that's that's the perfect example of right now. You know, we're drag queens wearing glitter and sparkle, but right now we're struggling and we're kind of, you know, coming together through ups and downs. So that kind of duality is is really something that, that tickles my fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, UK Hun has has comforted me a great deal. I did not expect for a song from RuPaul's Drag Race to be on my playlists, both versions. Wow. And listen to a lot. Wow. Even the banana drama version. Even the banana, Even the banana drama. drama version. Yeah. I'll take it. I consider it the B-side. Yes. Yes. It's the, it's the remix. The remix. Yes. The remix. Um, no, I, I can't believe it. I mean, when we were doing it, we were like, what are these lyrics? Bing, bang, bong, sing, sing. So, <laughs> like the weirdest thing. And do you know what's dead funny? 
behind the scenes when we got given the lyrics, we got told, right, so you'll be writing your own verses, so just rewrite the, your, the whole song so that you've got a kind of option for each verse and bridge and all that stuff, because some bits were longer than others. So Bimini and Ahura rewrote the chorus. They thought that Bing Bang Bong was a guide. So they Place were like... Holder, yeah. Yeah, so, so they were just like, you know, Dan, 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 you know, they wrote whatever yeah. lyrics over it. And then they were like, no, 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 you didn't need any of that. And they were like, we have wasted so much time rewriting <laughs> these lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad now they haven't because Bing Bang Bong Sing Sing Song is stuck in everyone's head and oh, I love it. It's <sighs> it's canon. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, you know, I, I was thinking about you because Rue, as we know, is always talking about and sort of counseling queens on tackling her inner saboteur. And yeah. sometimes it's sort of um, hard to grasp what that really means. And, what that, and I feel like we really got to see that with you specifically when you would, you know, get, get in your own head or get in your own way. And it's kind of... I think more obvious when it's someone who is so clearly talented and a front runner, because it's not a matter of like, oh, she's just not totally up to this challenge, you know? So, yeah. What do you think was getting in your way? It's it's the obsession with being great at things. You, you know, I've done TV before. Um, you know, I've hosted a few things on local TV adverts, stuff like that. And and you do your homework, don't you? You know, you guys are sat there with, you know, you've looked up some stuff and just points. You, you know that there is yeah. there is a reason we are here, and you've researched it. You know what's happening. Fab. You, you feel great. And 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 it allows you to go into things with confidence. At Drag Race, say goodbye to that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Say goodbye to mm -hmm. all of that. And I really struggled with that adjustment because. I, I like knowing my stuff. I like, you know, I, I'll set uh, my camera up or whatever to do a YouTube Q&A video or whatever. And I'll start doing it, you know, hello, everyone, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, don't like my energy tonight. I'll do it tomorrow. That that kind of like, I'm not at my best tonight. I'll wait till tomorrow till I'm better. Think about it. Think on it. Go back. So... That's lovely in the outside world, but you can't do that at Drag Race. So I really struggled to kind of find that boundary. And I think when you audition to go on the show, you put yourself in a box to make yourself, you know, marketable. So, hello, my name is Lawrence Cheney and I'm a comedy queen. So for, for me... I'd put myself in this box of comedy queen. She doesn't dance. She this, but she's this and she's that. So... I'd not switched that off and went into the competition going, oh, well, I won't do well in Rats the Rusical or the UK Hunt Challenge or whatever, because that's just not what I do. Whereas you need to just approach Drag Race as a drag queen, not as a comedy queen, not as a dancer, not as a fashion girl, you know, um, a horror. Uh, but <laughs> you know, you, you need to be able to separate that. And I, I struggled separating it for sure. Which made it, in a way, so much Whatever more... Yes, it made it such a, a bigger triumph to see, you know, overcome that. Yeah, exactly. Well, well I think it, it came to the part where I lip-synced um, at Snatch Game. And again, that, that was a perfect example 
Look at, this is the logic that went through my head. So I said to myself, right, you did really well in the UK Hun Challenge. Dancing, singing. You would never have told yourself in the outside world. You tell yourself six months ago that would have happened, you would have never believed it. You tell yourself that you'd have bombed Snatch Game, you'd never believe it also. So just because it doesn't sound right doesn't mean that it's, it, it, that sounds like I'm going on a tangent. Basically, just because you say you're a comedy queen doesn't mean you can not struggle in a comedy challenge. You can struggle at anything, regardless of how familiar or unfamiliar you are with it. So I think after lip syncing, it was, you know, the worst place you could be, you know, no one wants to lip sync, all that. So I think I'd kind of learnt to stop and go, right, hold on. I've I've done the worst so, you, you know, I've, I've been at the worst and I've been good and been the best. I'm not going to worry about this anymore. So that's why, you know, the next week when we did the lockdown Super Shiro Challenge, when we had to create our own Super Shiro look based on lockdown look, I literally, you know, I've, I've watched every episode of Drag Race and Michelle always goes, oh, leotard, oh, not a leotard. And I went, oh, no, I'm going to make a leotard because I want to, because in my head, my superhero would wear that. With Phyllis Bitchell, the character I played in Beastenders, she was a lesbian. I had trauma because playing a lesbian before had got me in the bottom too. So for me, I just remember switching off finally and going, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't care if this portrayal of a lesbian or this outfit isn't what they want this is what I want because I've been in the bottom feeling depressed because I've tried to give them what they want and it's not worked. So I'm just going to give them what I want to put forward and, and hope it works. So uh, for me, uh, it feels really freeing watching those last few episodes. And future queens, take note. Yes, get your notepads and pens out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do what you like. Yeah. Um, so Lawrence, what... What was school like for you? Another loaded question. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. You, you know, school was really bizarre. Um, I, so I, I grew up mainly in Scotland, but my dad, because of work, he used to go down to England. So we moved to England a lot. Um, we moved there for five five years, something like that. So it was a chunk of time. It was between primary and secondary. So it's elementary and what would it be mm. for you guys? Elementary. elementary. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So um, for for me, that's quite a crucial time in your life of developing fre- you know friendships and you know kind of memories like that. And I just remember when I moved down to England, people would be like, "Ew, you're Scottish." You Scottish this, you Scottish that. And I remember being like, what's wrong with being Scottish? You know, because no one says that in Scotland. (laughs) Like, I just remember being so confused. And then that was the the fat jokes would start and oh, this, that. Then finally, we moved back up. So there was a whole load of just being hated on for being a Scottish person. Come back up here. And then it was, 
you've moved up from England, me? You know, all this, like, kiddie teasing. And then it became, you're fat, you're this, and then tripped up in hallways because I looked like a, you know, I was a weird-looking kid, so tripped up in hallways and laughed at in classes. I remember for the first year going back to school in Scotland, I remember I used to... um get my mum to pick me up at lunchtime and go home for lunch to eat my lunch there because I didn't have any friends to hang around with. So for me, it was a really isolated time. And then what it took was when I was in school, um, I think it was like some class that they put you in about, you know, this is what it's like if you join the Scouts or, you know, whatever it is. And then I remember... One, one of the teachers stepped out and then, you know, every, all the kids, oh, the teacher's gone, oh, let's have a laugh. And then they started picking on me. This guy threw a Bible book at me and was like, meh, meh, you know, j- just said some insult. And then I had, like, snapped then. I'd snapped more than a snap to Ellie Diamond, you know. I oh. literally picked that book back up, threw it back and said, here's the second coming. Literally threw it back. I, and I, I just remember that was a dicey moment. Do, do you know what I mean? But, yeah. you know, where he could have retaliated, whatever. The whole class laughed. And the whole class was like, whoa! All this could have laughed. Because that was a joke back about what had been thrown at me. Yeah. And, and I just remember being like, Oh, that energy was weird because I've not felt any of this energy from this group of people before. And then it would just be, you know, a casual thing of people would go, I really respect you for standing up for yourself against this person. Because, again, we tried talking to teachers and getting teachers to pull these kids up and say, don't throw things at Lawrence. But it just didn't work. And um, the guy wasn't injured because I threw a book at him or anything. But, you know... It would be okay if he was. Yes. Yes, how dare you? Um, yeah. No, but um, it, it just, uh, it, it turned overnight and I became the kind of class clown that even the teacher liked. I wasn't put outside because of cracking jokes because I did my work. You know, I, I studied, I was good in class, but I'd make jokes. So it lightened the mood. So that was my first kind of taste of humour being that gateway out of these bad situations. Yeah. But before, I mean, you know, in, in the U.S., the talk in schools around bullying is still pretty new. Really? It's been in the last 10, 15 years of like teachers being able to identify it and react to right. it in a way that's, you know, in a way other than bullied kid, why don't you toughen up? Yes. You know, yeah. I, I, what, what is the attitude of, of educators in Scotland? So the great thing is so I left school this is going to sound as if I'm trying to brag about my age here uh, <laughs> I left school in 2014 that was my last year in school uh-huh. and so left school at 17 uh, last year in school whatever 2014 I went back and visited my school in drag in 2019 five years difference there was an openly gay drag queen who was 16 years old in that school and I spoke to them and they said, Lawrence, I've never been bullied once. Wow. I couldn't wow. believe that that shift. I couldn't believe that transition of 
was this the same school I was getting tripped up in? Like, but it, it was really nice because that person doesn't have, you know, I have probably emotional baggage. Anytime I see a Bible now, I think, oh, <laughs> of that person, you know. But, um, you know, how amazing is it that this, you, you know, queer kid is able to grow up now that they're not bullied again he said you know not everyone agrees that I wear makeup and draw my eyebrows onto school but they just like don't talk you know they'll they'll go right and then they'll just walk away or something that is so fine because I'm so glad that it's just people maybe going ah this person maybe not for me and going away that's so much more mature than throwing a book at them you know Hmm. so I'm really proud and it's it's all to do with the the teachers now have uh, have been allowed to have more responsibility in controlling bullying there's there's able to be more action taken against bullies not just you know how dare you? You don't do this again. It's like detentions, expulsions, um, all this stuff. And because there's... Luckily, you know, because of where society's at, maybe more people are open to having conversations about gender, about their identity. So when I went there, it was like this... It was an LGBTQI plus uh, event, Um that the school put on, and everyone was there. Every pupils that were straight, pupils that were trans, pupils that were, and it was just amazing how comfortable everyone felt being themselves to their truest form. It really, it nearly made me cry. You know, nearly yeah. made me cry like it made me cry in episode two of Drag Race. You know, that's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think it's because when the teachers started doing their um, training on uh, bullying that. In the manual, there was the story of the second coming and the, yeah. the iconic Bible-throwing <laughs> moment, and you changed everything. Yeah, they said there yeah. was once someone called Lawrence Cheney, the yeah. legend, the myth. Yeah, <laughs> God. No, it's it's. Um, I, I really. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't take any uh, merit or anything for the situation in in my school. I I just felt really proud because I remember I wanted to go to my prom in drag. I wanted to go in drag and I wasn't up for the date, you know, find a date, any of that stuff. So I just was like, I'll go in drag and she's my date, you know, the the, the glamorized drag persona. And my school, my, my guidance teacher that we all had at the time said, I, I don't know if you should go in drag because you're going to be out at night with all these people and I don't trust them to not say something. And I was like, okay, that same pupil I was telling you about this drag queen went to prom and drag. Oh. Like, I, I'm I'm so proud of them for, for being confident enough to do that. But I'm proud of that community. I mean, I'm from a small town in the middle of nowhere in Scotland. And I'm proud of that. Yeah. During those times when you were getting tripped up in the hallways. Did you envision a place for yourself in the world? Could you see where where you might go as an adult? Yeah, I, I knew... I, I always watched Joan Rivers and, and you know, uh-huh. when I started watching Drag Race, I saw that there were platforms for people because I always thought, you know, oh, I'm the ugly one, I'm not conventionally beautiful, you know... Um, 
you know, people in adverts with, you know, toned bodies and stuff. That was never me. So I just remember struggling a lot to see someone like myself. And then I saw Joan Rivers. And, and when I started watching her, I started watching Joan Rivers comedy at like 14. So she was risky, you know, for a 14 year old. But when I watched Joan Rivers, I saw someone that that was bullied so much and was hated on so much for their looks, for who they are as a person. You know, Joan Rivers wasn't gay, but you know she was Jewish and and she grew up. Uh, um, it was just after the wartime she was kind of growing up, so it was a big kind of struggle of um, she didn't feel beautiful enough. People made fun of her for that. And and she openly talked about the reason I've had plastic surgery is to become what they didn't bully me for. It's to separate those two kind of things. And that, that for me, is what drag is, that, that power. And I remember realising that my humour was my power. And I, it, it, I, I can literally see it in my head, that... Uh, guy throwing that uh, Bible at me, me throwing it back saying, here's the second coming. Everyone laughing. I can hear it, see it, smell it, all of it. <laughs> you know, I can uh-huh. audio book it, whatever, you know. Yeah. I-, I can literally feel it because that was the first time I said, I can control a crowd and make people laugh. And, and yeah. I-, I think what I've done so far is a kind of testament to that kind of um mindset yeah so the, those moments of like here's who i am yeah yeah those <laughs> moments you... at school th- those kind of brief moments of see when you say this the power you know everything you know everything in in this world in society has a power structure you know often it's skewed in a bad way and um i, j- I just remember like for example you can't bully someone if you don't have the power it's all, it's all about power. So these big bullies, you know, big guys that want to bully you, they have the power in the room. You can literally, like I literally saw it and felt that power reclaimed into me because I made a joke about it. Sometimes at their expense, sometimes a, a joke about myself, sometimes a joke about the situation. And it immediately changed. And because of that power change, they'd go, Oh, no worries, Lawrence. Oh, you're funny. They change on a dime. They, they never fought back. That's It's such an interesting kind of conversation. We've got to shift gears before we lose you to the important questions, which are uh, pre-drag race, pre-COVID, what yep. was dating like for you? Were you on the apps? Were you seeing people? What was going on? <laughs> Dating. Another loaded question. <laughs> We're full of them. Yes, full of them. Full of it. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, there's a pun there. and it's, well, Full of it is my grinder name. Um, so <laughs> it, it, was, it was really hard dating. Um, so I, I've, I've tried uh, Tinder. Do you have Tinder in America? Yep. We sure do. Yeah, Grindr, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, I, I tried you know, talking to people on Facebook, talking to people in real life, you know, trying to mingle with people, all that kind of stuff. And it it was always just a struggle because people on Grindr, what I found was, I I think it was because my name is Lawrence, in and out of drag. 
you know, the Cheney's not my real surname, but the Lawrence is my, is my real first name. You know, so when your mum shouts at you, you know she's shouting for you. So um, I, I remember finding it really awkward when a, a lovely, handsome man would, would message you and say, Lawrence, you're gorgeous, you're beautiful, you are stunning and funny. You know, th- these compliments. I found it really hard to separate that from drag compliments of you're so fierce you're so this because normally included in that is you're so beautiful you're so stunning you're this so normally those same compliments would be in a message from someone who wanted to hook up with you as well so for me you know it it was a really hard dynamic because you know someone would say you're so beautiful and you'd go yeah you stud why don't you come on over here and do you you know and and you you play the game, whatever. And then people would go, uh, uh, you know, you would see them struggling or, or they'd like not message for a while and they'd be like, um, no worries, queen, girl, uh, mama, girl, queen, honey, you're so fierce. And I'm like, oh, you meant it as a drag compliment because now you're going, oh my God, Lawrence thinks that's about Lawrence out of drag rather than Lawrence in drag. So... I need to say, hey, queen, hey, girl, hey, to establish that boundary. Right. Whereas for me, it was hard to find that boundary of, are, are you talking to me as a, as a person? Are you talking to me as a drag queen? What, where is that line? And were you able to uh, establish that connection sometimes with someone who, you know, was into Lawrence in and out of drag? I don't think so. I don't think I've ever found... Because the, the, the problem with dating and drag is you need someone to love drag and get it. Because what I found was a lot of people would, would get drag, but then they'd go, I will... You know, they set boundaries and they go, I will never kiss you if you're in drag. I'll never hug you if you're in drag. I'll never do this, never do that. And I... I Sounds like fine at first. Then when you don't see each other for three months or two weeks or three weeks, whatever, and you've got an hour space to see each other, but you've just come from a gig and I'm in full drag, but I'm on my way to another gig, but I want to stop by and see my my boyfriend. You're telling me I can't have a kiss when I'm like midway through doing something? Because to me, it's just like a uniform. I I feel more enthusiastic and more energetic. I'm speaking to you now and I've got like smudges of makeup on and I'm still Lawrence Cheney. You, you know, so it, it goes beyond just, oh, that makeup's not you. That makeup is me. And you need to accept that. You, you, you don't get to kind of reap the benefits of dating a drag queen by being able to go about the clubs and get free entry to the clubs and saying, I, you know, I'm dating Lawrence Cheney, and then go, but I will never kiss Lawrence Cheney. I will kiss Lawrence out of drag and never be seen with Lawrence in drag. That that was always a struggle for me. So, have I found that person yet? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But it's for for me, it's a journey. You, you know, I don't want to be fixed down with someone that doesn't get it. So I would much rather wait for someone that gets it. You know, that one person that gets it. I always find it weird when you look, 
as, as a plus size person, when you look at uh, how people describe dating a, a plus size person, go, oh, Lawrence, so brave, so brave for being you. And then they'll talk about a skinny, model-esque kind of person. They'll go, you're so sexy and you'd get anyone. You, you know, you'd have your pick of anyone. And then with me, they're like, you'll find that one person one day. <laughs> Maybe I want to get with a hundred people. You know that, yeah. that that's always uh, never a, an, an open conversation for plus size people or drag queens as well. That's a, that's a fishy topic for drag queens, you know. Yeah, but that shit, the uh, you know, not kissing you in drag is just the the shitty internalized homophobia oh yeah. that we are all raised with, the internalized femme shaming and and misogyny and all that shit. So we're let's educate your potential suitors out of it in this moment <laughs> if any of you are listening you need to be ready mm-hmm. to kiss me and you need to have a yes you need to have your own version of my lipstick ready to go in your pocket for me to top up thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up and are the dms open i mean how do you approach this now that you yeah. are you know famous um you know, it's hard, really. I mean, Madonna's on the phone. You know, I'm trying to call her off, but she keeps wanting to cover UK, hun. Madonna's just like... She's going to have a Scottish accent <laughs> any moment. Yeah. Madonna's just like, bing, bang, bong. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's difficult. I mean, it was difficult initially because, like I'd said before, I, I was on TV in Scotland. I'm on an advert for uh, Underground, our subway here. I'm the poster girl for it so when i'd go on a date with guys two years ago they'd go so what is it you do and i'd walk past the poster and go <laughs> that <laughs> I'd, I'd do that yeah. you know and then it'd be like this whole like and it's you know it's like that um gif of the woman with all the the mathematic equations all over their face yes. that was how they were <laughs> so i i guess um my, my dms are always open i, I, I love talking to people um, but it's it's hard to break down that boundary because no one set that boundary for me. So I'm I've set the boundary, and I'm normally like, <laughs> you're a you are a fan of my drag until proven otherwise. So I, I suppose it's hard to kind of gauge, isn't it? But my DMs are always open. If you want to send me free makeup, a gobble, whatever, I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that word is that you just said. Gobble, sucking off. Oh, okay. A gobble. A gobble. Yeah. Okay. Gobble, That's gobble. Such a, like a we're stealing that. Yes. yes. Big time. We're stealing that. You're stealing yeah, it and doing it. Yeah. We're stealing it. We're doing it today. <laughs> Separately. Yes. Lawrence Cheney, you are a dream. Oh, thank you. Um, congratulations. And when you, when you come out to Hollywood to do your, your Wow Plus show, look us up. Oh, I will. I will be re- we'll I'll take be you hitting out. you up for a gobble. <laughs> okay. Great. I'm ready. Yes. Thank you, Thank so, you so much, much for Lawrence. having me.